From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 540. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace and Trade. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. What is up, Mike Hurley? How are you? What is up, Brad? <laughs> what is up? All what of the STPA. All of the STPA that we haven't answered in months. <laughs> what is up? These are like all of our listeners, like they're awesome and like they, they, you know, they appreciate us, you know, helping them out with their Ask TPA questions, Mike. And they, 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 you know, are looking for answers from us. And then what do we do? We add them to a show doc and then Brad rambles too long and then we never get to them. So let's get to them this week. What do you think? I love it. I do. You know, I worry sometimes like I see hmm. these questions and they go back so long and I'm like, some of that to like move on, you know what I oh, mean? Oh, totally. Like, they just moved on, and so like we just no help at all, and they were like relying yep. on us, and now we just mm-hmm. moved on without them. I know. I it keeps me up at night, Mike. Oh no! Don't let that happen. That mm-hmm. might be a tad too much. <laughs> no, I, I I take my responsibilities okay. seriously. Okay. Okay. Carol asks, <laughs> "What is a pen that you purchased that was not in your usual wheelhouse of what you like?" but is beyond amazing. For Carol, it was an Ironside pen from uh, Birmingham Pens. Mm-hmm. Birmingham Pen Company. So, yeah. Um, is this my so Birmingham or your Birmingham? That is, this is neither. Okay. Um, well, I mean, technically it's mine, but it's not even Birmingham. Um, right, but they would probably say Birmingham, right? They would probably say Birmingham. Well, no, no, no. I was saying it your way, but yeah. But it's not the Birmingham that's actually this, the big city. It's actually a region, an old historical, like in Pittsburgh, mm. steel, steel country up in Pennsylvania. So I don't know the exact... Um, technical geographic naming reason but it's basically the uh pennsylvania pittsburgh steel city that whole that whole thing not actual birmingham alabama uh which is close to me so aside from that background there's background from carol in this carol is one of my biggest penablers on stream um she is the one brad have you seen this brad have you seen this brad you need to look at this so like i pretty much have a list that just it's pretty much just called Carol and <laughs> Carol's recommendations because <laughs> she's always right. She's like always like into stuff that she knows she knows what I like and will therefore recommend the things. So she has been on me about this Ironsides pen. And I was like, I'm not buying this pen. Like this is not a pen for me. Right. It's a so what the Ironsides is, and we'll have a link in the chat to this over at Birmingham Pen Co. Um, which is uh, if y'all are familiar with Birmingham or uh, have heard me speak of them before, they make a lot of inks. Right. So a lot of people use a lot of their inks. Um, and, and I do too, and I've reviewed some, enjoy their inks, but I've never bought one of their pens and they do some pen manufacturing themselves. So this is a full metal barrel, you know, like the Enso Puma or, oh, what's that one from the UK that you like? Um, I'm blanking on it. Um, Nexus, what was it? Gosh, oh, what was it Anyway, Namisu, Namisu. So yeah, like a full metal barrel pen, like, which is great. Like I like my full metal barrel pens just, you know, in last week's episode, I raved about the diplomat arrow. Um, I just don't need a lot of the full metal barrel pens. This one is kind of tempting, right? Because they will anodize color match clips and nibs. So say you have like just a steel colored barrel and like the link I put in the show notes, there's a bunch of different colors, but the one I chose has like this mint turquoisey blue nib and clip. It looks awesome, right? But like, I'm not interested in necessarily buying this pen because I don't think I would totally 
use it. And Carol um, felt the same way. She's like, oh, I'm not sure. And then tried it and was actually, you know, hmm. blown away by it. So have you ever had that experience for a certain product in the past? So like, that's the question here. Like mm-hmm. that was her, like, this is not in my wheelhouse, but I went ahead and bought it and it turns out it's perfect. Do you have that pen? King of pen. God, that's such a good answer. When I first saw the King of Pen, I just thought it was a ridiculous joke. Like I just it was like a yeah. joke to me. It was, like, this it was laughable, was so stupid. right? Like it's big, and like even the nib was large. That was like the thing that really <laughs> got me was how big large the nib was. And I just was like, "There's no way this is for me. It's way too big. I'm not going to enjoy it." Boy, was I wrong. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a really, really great answer because we were thinking the same way i like to the point of like this is ridiculous like Mm -hmm. this is like a mockery of a pen and then you know after spending years looking at them handling them and finally breaking down and buying one it's like okay yeah (laughs) this is pretty good this kind of works i i don't know why it works i don't know how it works but it does work for me um so that was one my first thought but then i thought of another one um for me it's the kasama una ultim Mm-hmm. So another big pen, kind of like the King of Pen, large, wide barrel, little bit stubby, you know, not really long, but wide. It has a huge titanium metal grip section. So it's very front weighted with the, the Ultim rear section of the barrel. And then had this huge concave cutout for the grip that was dropped back from the front of the pin a little bit, right? Like the the concave didn't taper down to the edge of the barrel, right? It was like in the center Mm -hmm. of the grip section. So like this is one of those Instagram pins you see and you go, wow, this looks amazing. And there's no way I will be able to use this pin, right? Just it's not going to fit in my hand. It's not going to feel right. It's just not going to work for my writing at all. And then lucky for us, we get to go to pen shows and other people have these pens and I was able to test one out. I was like, "Mm, okay, this actually doesn't just work. It's kind of perfect, right? Kind of like the king of pen. This Mm -hmm. works exceptionally well for how I handwrite, how I write my hands. But again, like the king of pen, I would never recommend this to anybody unless they got to try it first, right? They're that unique of a product um, as far as like the shape and the balance and the weight. But now like I couldn't not have this pen. Like I'm so glad I finally got one and uh, it's it's been everything I hoped it would. It's it's fantastic. Hmm. Okay. I don't, I don't think I've ever used this, but I know you've mentioned it before. I know we spoke about Yeah, it. I don't think I've seen you since I've owned this pen. I've only probably only had it like a year, year and a half. So I, yep. I got it sometime last year. It's uh, it's great. I This is a pen, kind of like the King of Pen. I would buy another one. Like I don't need five of these, right? Mm-hmm. But there's some different colors and shapes and different materials. So Kasama makes, use a lot of the... Um, the medical grade plastics like Ultim and Peak and some of those things that we're seeing like, you know, Shown Design and other other makers Gravitas pick up um, and doing these really unique sections. And I think they're beautiful. And now that I know it works for me, mm-hmm. I would probably like a second one, you know, maybe not, you know, a third one. But, you know, yeah, I would I would definitely uh, partake in another one of these. All right. Next question comes from Jacob. What's the best A5 notebook cover with around three pen three pen storage? 
I prefer non-leather due to price point. I just wanted to carry some loose-leaf notebooks with two to three sub $35 fountain pens. How long is this podcast going to be today? However long you want it to be. (laughs) This question is so perfect because it is so difficult to answer. You would think this would be the simplest problem to solve. And we've run across this before, right? We have had this question. This is a common problem that people have. I have a notebook. I have pens. I want to put them together and take them with me and then be able to use them. Historically, you've been able to have a notebook and maybe if your notebook manufacturer wants to throw you a bone, they might add in a single pen loop or some weird over-the-cover elastic bit or something on the spine to carry one pen. Mm-hmm. So the notebook makers themselves aren't really in the business of solving this problem. They're in the business of, hey, we'll make a cover for our notebook or build something into the cover of our notebook. But it's kind of an afterthought, right? Um, so the notebook makers don't care. But we care as writers and stationary lovers and want to mm-hmm. use all of our stuff all the time. So is there a way to have a case to hold the notebook and to hold two to three pens? There is, Mike. There's a wonderful (laughs) product called the Knock A5 Seed. How could you do this? (laughs) You know? Because this, it's unbelievable to me to this day that this product is not more widespread. Now, we didn't invent something with the Knock A5 seed. We just tried to answer Jacob's question in our way, right? I want a cover for my notebook. And within that cover, I would like to store two pens. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for a lot, right? I'm not asking for six pens and a notebook and this whole big bulky system. So it's a technical challenge to do this right. So the reason why the notebook makers don't make larger items is because once you start putting multiple pens in any type of cover with a notebook in it as well, you start to compromise the performance of the notebook, right? You're laying the cover somewhere over these pens, right? So you have a side of the notebook that is now wobbly or bulky or uneven, you know, or it's not flat anymore. All these types of like technical issues. These are the things I think about when when we were making products, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we solve these technical issues and get what we want, right? I want a self-enclosed <laughs> case for a notebook and some pens. Make it happen. So the way we were able to design the seed is when you you could have two pen slots because when you would open the case and open up the notebook, the pens would slide mostly out of the way um, of the first slot uh, of the of where the pens were slotted in there, and then you would take out one of the pens to write with the the more inside pocket, and then the cover of the notebook would lay down flat. Right. So if you took out the inside um, pen in the slot, you would get 
a perfectly laying notebook. And that's even a sacrifice too, because, well, what if I don't want to, do I have to move? What if I want to use the outside pen um, in this slide? Well, I would have to take them both out or swap the pens to get the notebook cover to lay flat. So this is why, this is my long-winded designy explanation of why you can't have nice things, Jacob, because there is a technical challenge to having a good writing surface and pen storage in a single unit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's why we made the seed and it worked. So I started looking around since we're not making the seed anymore and maybe we will one day, maybe I'll work on a collaboration with someone to continue the seed because it obviously solves a problem. So like what you wanted to look what I wanted to look for when trying to answer this question is I want to look for makers who don't make their own notebooks, right? Makers who are making things to surround notebooks and build-in pen solutions. So I went over to then Lockbeam. there'll be more like general purpose. Yeah, more, yep. Yep. Make me a case um, that I can carry a bunch of stuff in. So I went over to Lockbee and I was thinking that Lockbee, I know they make notebook covers and I know they make pen cases. I was like, do they have a notebook cover that has pen slots in it? You know, that th- I was thinking they certainly have this solution. Their notebook cover has zero pen slots. And this is common, right? That's the way to do it because you, most of the time you end up making a compromised product, adding in pen slots. So knock, Lockbee's uh, notebook cover, right. the inside pockets are all flat. They're for cards and mm-hmm. rulers and anything that will lay flat to not compromise your notebook writing. So, um, you know, like their field notebook cover, like it, it's an awesome cover, but there's no pen slots. So, your solution, Jacob, unfortunately, is is like a plus one situation, right? You have to have a notebook plus, right? So you find your notebook, find a notebook cover, and then you have a pen pouch, mm-hmm. right? Like a three-pen slot pouch, which you can get, you know, like rickshaw or anyone. And because we're, we're mostly looking at non-leather solutions here, you know, nylon, wax canvas. That's what Lockbee and rickshaw do. Um, so unfortunately, that's like today, that's what you're looking at. There might be something out there. And if anyone has, you know, a nylon or fabric based solution, um, I think Galen, like if you're, if you are looking for an answer to this as well and are open to leather, I think get Galen leather does have a six pin notebook holder, but again, like you, you have to accept some compromise in that type of situation. So the other idea <laughs> which is also a great <laughs> knock design. We, we were pretty good at what we did at Knockco. I'm not going to lie. We were pretty good. So we designed a product called the, the Burton, and which is an upgrade of the Lanier. It's a pouch. It's an A5 pouch where you slide in your notebook in the center, and then you have accessory storage, um, you know, in pockets on the side, right? So it's not necessarily a cover that goes on the hardcover of the notebook, but it's a notebook sized envelope wallet, if you will, that carries the notebook plus accessories, right? It's like superior labor makes some good ones now. Um, things like that. So, and Lihit lab, I put a link in the show notes to Lihit lab. They are the, the bag in the bag, uh, inventors. Oh, bag and bag. Um, yep. They're the bag in the bag people. Um, so they make some good options. If you want to carry like a notebook in a sleeve type cover and then have some storage for pens built in there, but it's not, a cover in the way that you and I think about a notebook cover. So there you go. Um, 
this this made me put on my my design he had and and made me realize the reason why we made some of the products we made at knock because they literally answer questions um that no one really had any other answers to and i i yeah it makes well, me i was saying it's the best product doesn't make me sad yeah, yeah yeah like so maybe we can continue some of these I'll, i'm going to continue to work on some collaborations next year for knock and um those are two two products that would be at the top of the list the seed and either the the lanier slash burton probably the burton shape um the burton was a little bit more detailed and had dedicated pin slots and things like that um so yeah it's a tough uh i wish i had an exact answer for you jacob and maybe it's out there that i'm not uh, aware of but i wanted to at least explain the reasons why you can't find that product and as i say that from like as a someone who helped design products like this there's sacrifices you have to make um to to get what you want and most people aren't willing to do that like the notebook manufacturers aren't willing to do that this episode of The Pen Addict is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build your brand and grow your business online. With Squarespace, you can stand out with a beautiful website that's incredibly easy to build. You just choose from one of their wonderful templates. They're all best-in-class and award-winning, which you can customize to fit your needs. It's as easy as browsing the category of website you want to make to find the start, the perfect starting place, and everything is really customizable with just a few clicks. You can engage with your audience and use insights to grow your business. If you've ever wondered where your site visitors end up coming from, or where those sales are generated, or which channels are most effective for you, all of this can be analyzed right within Squarespace. When you have the data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. And you can also sell anything in an online store of your own. Whether you sell physical or digital goods, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. Squarespace has got you covered. They are the full package. Their customer support is fantastic. They have really great guides and the platform is growing all the time. They have, uh, you know, I've mentioned the insights. They have SEO tools. They have email campaign stuff. You can register domains with them. Really is amazing and it's why me and Brad have both been using them for 10, 15 years, something like that <laughs> yeah. at this point, and I'm never going to go anywhere else. Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict, and you can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code penaddict. You'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and support the show. That's squarespace.com slash penaddict. Then when you sign up, use the offer code penaddict to get your 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and Relay FM. Next question comes from Mike, not me. I own a big eye design TI Ultra, TI Ultra, Titanium Ultra, TI mm-hmm. Ultra. How did T- I say? T- how do I say it out loud? TI. You, you would be fine either way. Okay. So I say I say TI, but I think TI Ultra is actually acceptable when you're talking about the titanium initials TI. Okay. But I say TI. So Mike wants to know: Can I use any ballpoint rollable gel refill that I want? You don't have a top five list, so what do you like? <laughs> I love this. Settle just, down, Mike. <laughs> you're just a top five list generator, and if you don't wow. have it, it's unacceptable. That isn't what that Mike said. This Mike said that, but the other Mike said, you don't have a top five list. What do you like? Preference for a high saturation color and not super micro line. My ham hands don't have the dexterity for it. I, I kept that part in on purpose. I was like, <laughs> that was great. So just, will you, you just your do question, your job, Mike? Brad? Will you just do it? <laughs> just do the job, Brad. Jeez. 
<laughs> so this is a this is a good question. So the TI Ultra um is so if you're familiar with big eye design, they've made various pens that take um that use like a clutch type mechanism to fit a bunch of different refills into the single pin barrel. So you just buy a pin barrel, you can swap in and out refills. What the ultra is, it also has a fountain pen tip. So it's, it's a really cool, cool pen. So you can, it's kind of an really an all in one type of situation. So when Mike, I guess is not using the fountain pen, um, they want to use a, high saturation color and not super micro line refill. So what's the refill recommendation? So when I think of high saturation color, I think of the Uniball one because that's what it's marketing marketed as. This is a high saturated color um, gel ink pen. So the colors are rich, smooth, wonderful. The kicker, and I'll put all these links in the show notes for, for Mike to go check them out because I have a few here. The kicker with the Unibow 1 is they only go up to 0.5 millimeters. So, Mike, if they want, it's not a micro line, but it's kind of in the middle. So, that might be too fine. If that is too fine, the Uniball 307, the ink is similar to that of the Uniball 1. They have 0.7 millimeter options. And, but they only come in like black, red, and blue instead of where the Unibow one comes in, you know, a dozen colors, things like that. The main, just standard, you know, not marketed as a high saturated color ink, but is just technically like a really good color gel ink, uh, Pentel Intergel. The RTX has an 07 millimeter gel um, pen. That's one of my personal favorites. They come in probably 20 different colors. Um, they have a navy blue that I really use a lot. It's really, really good. Um, so I would probably try the RTX and then one of the uni balls to see if you can actually tell a difference in like the the color saturation in those. But I think those are going to be good choices for Mike. So that's the top three then. Yep. Uh, Frames <laughs> wants to know. Frames has a question that I've been intrigued about actually. Yeah, you Brad, and me both. How's the Pen Attic One Hundred going? It's going pretty poorly. <laughs> Can you remind people what that is? So back in the early summer, I was thinking to myself, like, it's time about once a year, I will kind of go through my fountain pen collection and like my personal stuff, my personal library of pens, I like to call it, and sell off pens that I haven't been using. So this was around the time I discovered Toyoka Craft. So they're uh, the beautiful Japanese storage box manufacturer. And they make a box that holds 100 pens. I was like, you know what? If I can't live <laughs> with 100 pens or less, whatever I can fit into this box, you know, like I'm doing it wrong. Like, mm -hmm. like, like you say that out loud. It's like the most ridiculous thing anyone's ever said out loud. It's like, mm -hmm. really? Like you can't deal with like less than 100 pens. So I made it a goal. It's like... I'm going to have all of my personal pen library fit into this box. So I called it the Pen Attic 100 because that's how many slots are in this box. So I've had the box. I filled the box. I've pulled probably 20 pens off to the side to try to sell in an effort to, to get down to this number. And it's just been on hold pretty much ever since. So I just haven't had time to actually do it. So we're gonna we're gonna bump that into to Q one, Mike. That's gonna <laughs> we're gonna circle back. Yeah, we're gonna circle back on that because it it has to happen. This is going to happen. And then this way, the end goal of this is to 
have the box. It doesn't have to, it obviously would need to be less than 100, right? Because things will be moving in and out. But the goal is to stay within the parameters of the 100 count box and then have a spreadsheet attached, say these, this is my library of pens mm. um, and keep track and do a little bit of tracking. And then this will allow me to sell or rehome or give away the pens that do not make this top 100 of my personal fountain pen library. So it's going to happen. It has to happen. So um, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like I actually, my my desk in in the other room literally has all the pens that I've pulled so far boxed up to sell. Like I just haven't moved on it. So, right. um, and it's not it's not going to happen before the end of the year at this point. So just too too much going on. Um, so it's it's fallen by the wayside. And the, one of the issues, and I'll be perfectly honest, is I bought too many pens between San Francisco and Orlando. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. So, like, I can still, I can totally manage getting under 100, but, like, I added in a few extra um, that you know, it I wasn't will necessarily planning on. one in, one out, right? Like that's It will the... eventually, that's the goal, yeah. Like, we have to manage, I, I think it's good to manage your personal collection of stationery, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just it only makes sense because like I tend to as as we saw between San Francisco and Orlando I I tend to get a little loose when I haven't been out shopping in a while and like you said budget what's that so yeah mm-hmm. um this will happen but we're we're gonna we're gonna revisit that um in the in the first part of 2023 like I I just have to take it off my plate right now I'm I'm too busy with other stuff yeah. so it it is de- it is definitely the item that gets pushed down the list. Um, because it's not mandatory, but it, it kind of is at, at the same time, right? So it would be good. There you go. And it would be mm-hmm. good content when you do that. Yep. So. Harold wants to know the recent mention of the Pro Gear Wicked Witch. Oh, it's a 1911. Still a Pro Gear? Mm-hmm. Uh, 1911. 1911 on the show made me jump up and down. My first serious pen. But do you worry about the Ackerman ink messing up the black ion coated nib? really great question there are inks that could mm-hmm. mess with that i tend to not overly obsess about that because i'm okay with imperfections but as someone who does own sailor ion plated nibs what i have found is it's not the ink that i personally have a problem with um taking away any of like the plating on the nib it's actually cleaning the pen because I am a very obsessive cleaner. Like I don't have to, like I can have pens sitting here inked, right? Or that need to be cleaned and they can sit here on the desk for weeks at a time and just waiting to be cleaned. But once I do decide to clean him, clean them, I am obsessive about getting them like a hundred percent clean. So I didn't notice, you don't notice this at first with like the ion plated. This was in an Imperial Sailor Imperial Black, which is the same plating. And maybe it's just because it's older. I don't know if they've changed the plating process or whatever. But the nib, I could start to see lighter colors on the nib. And I think it was from where I was like cleaning the nib or rubbing it or drying it or whatever I'm doing like aggressively (laughs) to get the nib clean. Over time the ion plating started to lighten up. But once I saw it and it's like, okay, yes, it's lighter. It's like, eh, okay, we're just going to keep going. Right. Like hopefully you'll get to a point where, 
you know, you don't want to you don't want to actively cause damage, right? Like I think that's Harold's goal. It's like, hey, I don't want to actively cause damage. And I don't think you generally are with Akramon inks. They're made by Diamine, um, allegedly. And those are about, you know, as tame of an ink as you as you can have. Um number ten, Ackerman number ten, like you didn't Harold didn't mention which ink he he was using. Ackerman number ten is a um is a permanent or has some like iron gall tendencies in it. So maybe you want to clean that a little bit better, but I don't think it's going to affect your nib, but there, there are, there are inks out there that will affect your plating. Um, just, I just implore just not just enjoy your pen and your ink if you like it and, you know, do, do your research like Harold's doing to not actively damage it. But I, I don't think like, I don't think you're going to have a problem and you know, you just want to try to avoid the micromanaging part, like being scared away from in a pretty basic ink mm. um, to, to worry about the plating and, and get like that. But like, I understand it as well. So, so there you go. But that, that's been my experience with the ion plating. I've never it's, had it's one of those cleaning. nibs go bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen anything get stained or anything like that. So yeah, the I- sailor's ion plating seems to be pretty rock solid. But like, I do have one nib. Like, if I showed pictures, so if I did side by sides of this one nib, I I could point it out like pretty clearly. It's like, hey, this is this is me using this pen a lot. Maybe it was from an ink, but I didn't notice it till I was cleaning it. And it's like, you know what? I'm still gonna use it. It's still pretty cool. <laughs> Wabi sabi. Uh, Kim asks, have you seen this digital writing thing from Lamy? It looks similar to digital writing systems that companies like Moleskine offers, doesn't it? We have seen it. We've talked about it um, on the show. I am completely enamored by these every time they come out. I don't know what your thoughts are, Mike. Do Do you immediately dismiss these type of tools based on history or like me, I am like, yes, I hope this one works, even though yeah. I know it won't. <laughs> well, so this is like a Lamy Safari digital pen, which can, you know, as you write, can can make a digital version of the notes. Mm-hmm. But the thing that always happens to me, I always get this slight excitement, and then I continue going through it and read that it has to be paired with a specific notebook. That's where it mm-hmm. always falls down for me. Mm-hmm. Of like, you need the pen and the notebook combo, mm-hmm. and that's where it's like, nah. you know, yeah, that's kind of where it ends for me. Yeah, and you're pretty much stuck with those refills, right? Mm-hmm. It's a singular unit. It's basically the my conclusion with these is always, I love this. I want this so badly to mm-hmm. work. It would just be lighting two hundred dollars on fire every time. Yeah, because yep. it would last. I would be so over it within a week that I just you know the the lack of variety, like you know the you know the the fixed all the fixed systems that you have to be a part of. Um, despite the fact that it looks cool, the idea is amazing, right? I want this to be amazing and. Mm-hmm. Like it would be collecting dust within the span of a week, right? So it's like I I want this to work, like I really really do, and like technically I'm sure it does, but I am not uh, a stationary monogamist as we have talked about. It's like this can't be just the thing that I use all the time. It I would be I would be uh, bored to death, <laughs> you know, um, just in the way I write things, even though. 
like I fully support like the the capturing type of system that this does. So yeah, like I love it. I could never, I would never be happy using it. Yeah. And R. Wendell asks, I'm in the market for a new planner and I really like the Hobonichi Cousin layout with months, weeks, and days. But is there something similar without all the inspirational quotes, time tracking, moon phases, and the general ephemera? This question is like the, hey, can I get a notebook cover with the pens? Except this one's a little bit closer to, to solvable, right? There's a little bit more options, a little bit more freedom in there. Um, so I was digging around. What R. Wendell wants to look for is a daily planner, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where you're going to start your search when you're you know, Googling or looking on, sh- on sites. Because when you say you want to lay out with months, months, weeks, and days, those are daily planners, right? So they'll name the products as uh, the, the primary core feature. So if they say it's a daily planner, that means there's gonna, you're probably going to have one page per day. Right. If you have a weekly planner, you're not going to have those one page per days. You're going to have like one week per two pages or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So you want to Google or search on these sites for a daily planner. So there's a couple. The first one that I thought of was the Stayology. Uh, So the Stayology 365 days is super popular. It's super open while keeping a little bit of organization, date tracking, like you basically like have the dates across the top of the page. Um, there's not a lot of additional calendaring in there, right? You may not get your, your monthly and your weekly spreads in there, but if you're just looking for the daily calendar and you just basically has the dates across the top of the page, it is extremely popular, um, just for that, right? For a planner. Some people just use them not even as a planner. It's just like a really good notebook, but it does have those options. That's the simplest one. Kind of somewhere in the middle, maybe more of what you're thinking about is the Midori MD Diary. Um, So it has a one day, Midori makes a one day, one page planner, which is like the description I was talking about. Um, This is a really popular one as well. I have some particular issues with this one as far as layout goes, but some people love it. So the way it's designed, there is a lot of white space around the edges of the page and that's done purposefully for you so like there's a little bit of organization areas on the day page like some lines and then there's like blank like it's kind of like a half and half type of layout i personally i think i would have a little bit of a challenge using it that way but it might work for you right it's at least that one page per day type of setup but for all things that Midori does, I thought this was a little bit of a weird design. They've been doing it for a couple of years, though, and I know people do do like this one a lot. Um, another one to mention is this one kind of goes into more detail. This is probably closer to the Hobonichi. This might be the closest to the answer, in fact. But it actually goes what you lose in like the quotes and those types of things you actually gain in like <laughs> obsessiveness over like time blocking the Kokuyo Jibun Techo Days diary, right? So you can, um, you know, you see like a lot of time breakdowns, a lot of different things breakdowns, but it's probably closest to Hobonichi in the layout, mm. you know, month, week, day, but it takes day 
to like the nth degree. Like it takes day to like hour to minute <laughs> to things like that. So like there's a balance there. So those are like three kind of, you know, lightweight, medium weight, heavyweight planning type of situations. And then you could always look at uh, Leuchtturm. I think they have some, just some uh, one page per day planners, but I didn't totally look at those, but I think they generally do a good job as well. So I'd throw in Leuchtturm there as well. But um, look for daily daily planners and uh, go from there. And that's going to be what you want. That's not, a, that's not the most popular category. So you don't have a ton of options out there. So uh, hopefully those few at least give you some ideas. All right. This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Trade Coffee. If you've been getting your coffee from the grocery store and drinking the same stuff every day, it's time to try something even better with Trade Coffee. It's so easy to get fresh roasts delivered to your doorstep from local roasters around the country with Trade. Because Trade Coffee is a fantastic coffee subscription service that makes it so simple for you to discover something new and make your best cup of coffee at home every single day. Because Trade partners with the nation's top independent roasters. They're going to send you the coffee that they know you're going to love fresh to your home and on your preferred schedule. Whether you already know what you like or you're new to specialty coffee and need some help, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. And I find that so valuable to try and bring down some of the walls of getting into this because here about tasting notes when it kind of stuff, it can be a bit confusing. But Trade helps you to kind of break it down to the simplest ideas of like, what are your general preferences? And then can help you build that over time by sending you new things and you can tweak what you like, what you don't like. It's super awesome. Trade Coffee is also the perfect gift for loved ones. They make it incredibly easy with their digital gift options for last minute shoppers or their coffee and equipment bundles so you can put something under the tree. So, treat yourself or the coffee lover in your life with Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off a subscription and access to limited time holiday specials at drinktrade.com slash penaddict. That's D-R-I-N-K-T-R-A-D-E dot com slash penaddict, and you'll get that $30 off at drinktrade.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to Trade Coffee for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, next question comes from Eric. So, I'm loving my new Y Studio with its medium nib, but after some conversations of a friend who's big on stubs, I just got a Sailor Pro Gear with a music nib. This has me wondering, how do I get a Sailor Zoom nib on my Y Studio? <laughs> um, probably with like um, you know, welding tools Difficulty and some, some other things. Answer. Yeah, much difficult. You you don't basically, right? So, this is a great question um, because it gives us the opportunity to, to discuss nibs and like we won't be able to do it justice in, in what, the time we have. We wouldn't be able to do it justice in several uh, episodes back to back to back. Uh, just not all nibs are interchangeable, right? So different companies make different nibs. Companies like Sailor make their own nibs, right? So they have their own proprietary shape, their own feeds and housings and collars that work together with the nib to make the ink flow the best possible for sailors pens why studio uses schmidt nibs so they have their own schmidt nibs schmidt feed smith's collars schmidt housings and you can't just swap one nib from one maker into um another maker's you know feed and and nib uh, hardware sometimes you can every now and then there are hey this is a close match and people will be able to slot in those things. Um, most of the time, it involves some, you know, some 
warranty voiding, Frankensteining of things to to make them work, and then that's even questionable if they will work. So, what I will tell you <clears throat> is with the the Y Studio Medium Nib, you can get it modified. You can get like the nib to nib ground to write differently. You can you can't really get the the full on tip sizing and wetness of the 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 large tipping Sailor Music Nib, but you could get a sub nib grind on your Y Studio, and it would change the writing performance. Um, and that would be cheaper than buy, buying a Sailor Music nib to fit into the Y Studio. So I would look at getting it modified. Um, you know, that's that's really the main thing you can do. Um, there are some nibs that fit into the Y Studios. I would have to check. Honestly, I would have to check and see if the Yovos fit those Schmidt housings. So the Yovos fit the number five Schmidt housings. So depending on what Y Studio you have, if you have one with a number five nib, I don't know if you can get a Yovo number five stub nib to swap in there. Um, Schmidt actually might make one. I'm, I'm thinking about this out loud. So basically you would have to get a Schmidt or Yovo nib if it's a number five sized nib in your Y Studio. I think they do make some pins with a number six size nib, like the desk pen and things like that. Mm. So these nibs aren't hot swappable, unfortunately for you, Eric, but there are options to make your writing experience more similar to the Sailor Music nib. Um, and I would look at getting a, a stub grind on that nib first. That would be the easiest and best thing and probably the most enjoyable end result, to be to be quite honest. I think you would like that very much. All right, Brian asks... This is a fun one. This yeah, is a historical historical um, question right here. Oh my God, I'm listening to Mike's Arushi Platinum drama knowing COVID <laughs> is around the corner for their timeline <laughs> and it's killing me. Don't spoil the end of the story for me. Also, it took about a year to get through 365 episodes. I'm on 375 now. So a question for you guys. I think it's, there's three questions here, really. Yes, we can knock them all out. And eventually Brian will get to this episode, I suppose. Mm-hmm. If not mm-hmm. already there by the time he hears this, who knows? Yeah, probably not. This isn't that old of a question, maybe mm-hmm. only like a month ago. How did you guys decide it was time for more expensive pens? Boy, that's a good question. Um, I would just say, you know, you kind of educated me. Yeah, and it's educating yourself, right? Yeah. It's like, what can I learn about these pens with the answer I'm looking for is, hey, how can I make my writing more enjoyable? You know, what is it? What is it about? Why is this pen $200? And what is it going to do for me in enjoyment in feel and performance and style and aesthetics? Right. So it was doing a lot of research, figuring out, hey, you know, will I get enjoyment out of this pen? And just going from there, right? So, you know, it didn't necessarily have to be a gold nib, but I know at the time it was, right? Like the Pilot Vanishing Point, I think, was the first first time I went over $100. Well, it's not only was it a gold nib pen, it was also this really cool, like, you know, click mechanism for mm-hmm. a fountain pen, like a retractable nib fountain pen. Yeah, give me that. Like, And I still love the Vanishing Point to this day. But then you start learning about different filling systems and different nib manufacturers and different things to personalize your writing experience and sometimes they were just a little bit more expensive than uh, you know some of the entry level stuff but yep. like the entry level stuff's great too you don't ever have to change like you know price doesn't equal quality is all what we all know right but um, a lot of times the price does allow for like your style and personality to come out a little bit more 
So then Brian goes on to ask two things. How did you decide it was time for really expensive pens? And how did you decide it was time for pens that will outlast you? So like heirloom kinds, which I don't know if I have those yet, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I probably do, but like I don't think of my pens in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But like for me, even with both of these things, it's a similar kind of thing to what we were just talking about really, where at a certain point it's like, well... I know what my preferences are now and I can continue going down. Like I don't, like initially when I was going into the like more expensive pens, like the entry level pens, the ones we were talking about on last week's episode, right? The 100 to $200, mm-hmm. like entry to gold nib kind of, you know, mm-hmm. like the entry to good, I suppose, if you call that. I, I can't think of a good phrase, but calling calling $100 entry level is not what I'm trying to say, but I think you right. understand where I'm going, right? It's like the next tier up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and then I feel like once you get past that point, you have a better idea of what your preferences are. So you can kind of just chase those lines rather than feeling like where I was at that time, feeling like I needed to spread my purchases a bit more to understand more. But now it's like in the going into that level, like, no, I know what I like. Let me continue going down that path. Right. So, and that's the, that first path is when is it time for more expensive pens? That's kind of the area that I, I pretty much live in, right? When it's you get into really expensive pens and pens that will outlast you, then that there's that's a whole different thought process and one that doesn't happen that often, right? Like I have crazy expensive pens. I have pens, you know, close to $1,000. I have one pen that's over $1,000. I will not have a lot of those things because they're not that better that that's where the the deciding factor is, hey, that's really a one-off unique type of situation that I do really think is better in this situation or more enjoyable in this situation than maybe like the $100 pen. But we really don't need to spend that much to get like great enjoyment out of fountain pens. Like I have my Nakayas like I love and that's kind of, that's kind of it, right? Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I am almost never shopping in that category of pen. That's a really a special occasion type of situation and a really different conversation. You know, I I think more the conversation in the sweet spot. Like once you get like really, really expensive pens, like in the 200 to like say $400 range, you can get you can have the world in that range, right? Like you can really have the world in that range. So the, the other stuff that brings on up the price points much higher than that, like that's into the specialty range and like you're, you're, it's a different mindset. So. Uh, Lisa asks, if I've got some extra diamine standard international short ink cartridges, what compatible beginner pens should I consider to make fun starter packs for new fountain pen users in my life? So basically the opposite question of the one we just had. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we're not buying Nakaya's mic. We have some extra some extra ink cartridges around, which a lot of us do. So this is a great question from Lisa. Um, fun starter packs for new fountain pen users. I mean, it has to start with the Gen House Shark, right? Great like, pen, That's man. the only thing. How fun. That's literally... Everyone was yelling the answer, Lisa, uh, to your question before I said it. Like literally everyone's going, Jen How Shark, Jen How Shark. It's a fun, silly pen that is actually good, right? Like, and it fits your international cartridges. It, it comes with a converter, but you can pop in the international cartridges in that, and they're like four dollars. 
uh, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so yes, they look like they're called the shark pen because yes, they do look like a shark. That's part of the fun. If you want to have you, since you said fun starter pack, that's the first one that I went to. If you want a little bit more basic, um, the Monami um, Olika or Olika fountain pen. They come in colors. I could only find the black one right now, and they're only about $5, and they do take the international cartridges. I've used those before. They're really not bad um, as an option, and you could probably shop around and find some colors uh, for that. They come in, like, you know, eight colors, barrel colors, you know, your, your standard pinks and purples and oranges, but I could only find a link for the black one. Um, so, yeah, those are your two options, but I, man, I'm just going for the shark pen. Those are cool and shockingly good. Good writers. They have good nibs. And I think final question today uh, has come from Chris. Am I weird that I want to practice a new planner layout before committing to it in January? Do printables exist for such a thing? Or is picking up a used or abandoned planner for the last months of 2022 the best plan? Chris, if you're weird, I'm weird right alongside you. (laughs) I switched at the end of the year, like a month ago, towards the fall. I bought some loose sheets for the end of a 2022 calendar just to try it out to see what I was going to use for 2023. I bought some sheets for my plotter to see if that's what I wanted to use. So no, this is one of the least weird things you can do, especially, and you like you said, you don't have to buy like the, the running out of time existing planners. You can make some uh, printables. I have handwritten uh, calendar layouts. Like, so one of the exercises I, I gave myself when I was thinking about planners, let me draw in my notebook what I think my perfect planner layout is and try that and see if that works. And then if that does work and as I tweak it, look and see, hey, is there a product out there that matches most of what I'm looking for? So mm-hmm. I have done that as well. So weird I am it and you are right at home, Chris. So yeah, definitely test out all the things, print it out, draw, buy some old planners, whatever you want to do. It's not weird in the slightest. I'm literally doing it as we speak. Or you could just get a planner that by design has a flexible layout so you can just change mm-hmm. it whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think we should finish these uh, these last ass TPAs. These are these are quick you hitters. You want to do them? All we right. Can, uh, we, can zero, we can zero this whole thing out. Is that and what we'll you start want, with some, uh, I can always ask for more ass TPAs. There's always more. Okay. I have a notebook full of ass TPAs that I didn't add into this list. Okay. So, yeah, we need to okay. do this. So, let's, let's do them. Franz JPM asks, do you think Pilot Pens will ever release a steel nibbed piston filler? No. Next Greg question. asks. No, just go, <laughs> let me. I'll. I will elaborate. So, uh, but so Pilot has a steel nib vanishing point, right? So mm-hmm. that they sell in the Asian market. It's not really a, a North America market or Europe European market. Um, European market pen. Um, the reason why they won't do this is because, like last week, we talked about the Pilot Custom ninety two for one hundred and fifty or sixty dollars with a gold nib. There's no way they could make a steel nib one for like less than like 100, 125, and it's it would be kind of pointless, right? So if we think about the Pelican M205, when I'm answering this question, right, that's Pelican steel nib. Um, Pilot already does it with a gold nib for not much more expensive. I mean, I'll never say never, but it doesn't seem like it would fit their product lineup, and their product lineup is already ginormous. But hey, they do it with the vanishing point, so never say never. Uh, Greg asks, what are the two or three most upsetting characteristics of an ink that prevent you from using it again? For me, 
when it does that like, like clumping. Mm-hmm. What is the what is the word I'm looking for there? I mean, clumping sounds right when it's like you get right. the kind of the crustiness on the nib, yeah. right? Oh, I hate oh, that. oh, oh, um, gosh, um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah? like the like Mont Blanc Lucky Orange. Um, yes. What's the word? I'm I'm blanking. Creep nib creep. Yeah, I mean, um, it's kind of like a nib creep. Yeah. So I love Lucky Orange. So like I will mm-hmm. go get buy. But like, as a bunch of if this is like a bad thing if it does that. The second for me is the smell. Yeah. Oh yeah, the smells can be pretty strong. I was trying smells to think of how to bad. answer this. Um, yeah, a non uh, a a non scented ink that has a strong like chemical smell yep. that's a no go for me. Like yep. because I when I if I can smell it when I'm writing and it's not supposed to, mm-hmm. like that's probably a big problem. You the, should. The I nip- don't ever want to smell my ink. I never want there to yeah. be a smell from yeah. ink. Uh, yeah, and sometimes so, they have it. And it's not good. The nib creep stuff isn't upsetting to me because I know technically it doesn't affect anything. It's just it's it's an annoyance. It's annoying. So yeah. I will refuse to use Lucky Orange because I have a lot of other orange options. Even though Lucky Orange is great, but it is probably one of the most problematic that I've had. So yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, it gets pretty rough. It gets pretty mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. And Todd asks, "What am I supposed to do with a glow in the dark pen?" There you go. You just yeah, take it to a rave, tie it around your neck, and uh, have a good time. Yeah, I mean, come on, you don't write in the dark, Todd, and and dance. You know, music dance experience is the is the link I put in the chat from uh, Severance. You get you get if you have your own music dance experience at home. Yeah, cut off cut off the lights, start to write, get some glow in the dark ink, get some glow in the dark pens. I mean, what kind of question is this, Todd? If you haven't seen Severance, don't click the link. If you have seen Severance, <laughs> remind yourself of a great scene, which I read the other day because I was doing some reading about Severance. The actors did not know this was going to happen. Mm. It mm. was sprung on them. Nice. And they had to react to it. Nice. Right? Yeah, I was, yeah. I was re- rewatching the scene and I forgot that Dylan wasn't going to participate. I don't want to have any spoilers, but yeah, like I forgot the stage of the event where we were. That was pretty far along when this happened. So yeah, uh-huh. I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge fan. And apparently of that show. it took months of work to get the lights to do that. So <laughs> I was reading about this the other day. <laughs> Great. That's show, the end either. of the Ask right, TPA questions it. for this episode. If you would like to send in questions, you can always send them in with a hashtag AskTPA, who's question mark AskTPA, and the Relay FM members do discord or you can email them to hello at penaddict.com you can find brad online he is dowdyism on twitter penaddict on instagram twitch.tv slash penaddict penaddict.com spokedesign.com i was gonna say knock i was gonna say knock i'm so close i'm i mike i am yke uh go buy theme system journal it's the time of year uh thank you so much to our sponsors of this week's episode squarespace and trade coffee And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.